This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks for being with us in the final hour of the program on this Sunday morning. Well, last week on the show, uh, we talked a bit about the Me Too hashtag and the uh, number of times we were seeing that on social media. And there certainly have been several conversations about this uh, in the past few days. Well, we're going to keep the conversation going. And joining me on the line is Lorraine McKeon. She is the author of The F-Bomb. And we'll talk a bit more about the book as well. And uh, Lorraine, thank you so much for joining us for a bit of time this morning. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, what is your response when seeing uh, what is happening, uh, not only with uh, the number of women who have come out now and accused uh, Harvey Weinstein, uh, but with the hashtag MeToo and the momentum that that has had on social media? Yeah, I think it's really encouraging, especially also as a survivor who can say Me Too as well, uh, to see that, um, you know, the momentum is happening and then, you know, that so many um, people feel that, you know, it's their time to speak out and they can speak out now. And now it's just a question of how to keep that momentum going. And how long ago uh, did you write the book or did the book, uh, is it's Dispatches from the War on Feminism, uh, the F-bomb, when did that book come out? Just a month ago. Just a month ago. So very timely. <laughs> <Not brand new. laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, very timely, which is, you know, great. But also, um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's almost sad, too, that we have to still keep talking about this, that we're still surprised, um, you know, that so many women are affected, um, you know, by sexual harassment and, you know, that kind of culture that we're living in now. Yeah, exactly. Were you surprised by the momentum or by the the number of Me Too's that we're seeing? No, I wasn't surprised by the number of Me Too's, you know, especially having done the research for, you know, F-bomb and talking to so many women and other survivors. I, it's almost more surprising that so many people were surprised <laughs> that uh, so many women, that it had happened to so many women. You know, it's surprising that we still don't know the scope of the problem and we still don't talk about it enough. And I don't know if you if you get into this in the book, but one of the things that stuck out for me, and we uh, talked about this uh, on the program last week, was this this it's it's great to have a platform for people, women, uh, to feel comfortable speaking out. Uh, the the whole idea of strength in numbers, getting the conversation going, um, reaching out to people who are surprised, and explaining to them why perhaps you shouldn't be surprised by this. Uh, but is there too much of a focus on on women and and a focus on women? Women who are the targets and women who have dealt with this rather than the perpetrators? Yeah, I feel that, you know, it can start to feel like there's a pressure to tell your story and maybe you're not ready yet. And um, that can bring up a whole bunch of complex feelings. So we have, um, we've put a lot of pressure on survivors to speak out. Um, and now it's time to shift that pressure to, you know, how can we actually change the culture, which is a much more complex and thorny kind of question, and it's harder to tackle and deal with. Um, but there are so many things uh, that men can do and that people can do um, just in their own circles to speak out against the culture that um, makes it okay. And and maybe you, in your interviews and talking to people, you had some insight into this, because it's a question that, that I'm curious about as well, is that why don't men, uh, men who don't behave this way, who respect women, why don't they speak out more, even when they hear other men talking in a way that's disrespectful, if they hear uh, other men doing things that they themselves wouldn't do, but still stay silent? 
Yeah, we're seeing, I think, a lot of backlash against feminism and also backlash against survivors who speak out. Um, and we're seeing things like not all men, right? So I think, you know, part of the challenge is that um, there's this pushback against the idea that rape culture even exists, that the problem even is so pervasive, and we're seeing men maybe not speak out because they're afraid of being called a feminist or, you know, being called out, not being macho enough. And uh, But we're also seeing this more insidious kind of underbubbling of it's really not that bad, stop blaming men, women have to take responsibility for their actions as if, you know, it's our fault. We're seeing a lot of victim blaming, um, countering even the speaking out and the momentum of Me Too. And in your in your book and, and in your career where you've you've spent a lot of time looking at uh, cultural attitudes when it comes uh, to, to how women are viewed, uh, what did you find or did you find anything that stuck out for you that you weren't expecting? You know, I started researching the book in 2014 before um, sort of everything that we're seeing now, but I had started to see uh, the underbubblings even then of this backlash against feminism, the backlash against um, movement to protect women on campus um, from sexual assault. And, you know, starting to really see that um, there's a whole um, segment of the population that we were kind of ignoring that, you know, is pushing back against feminism, that wants to return to this kind of traditional values. Um, who voted in Donald Trump, for instance? You know, a lot of women voted in Donald Trump. So it was surprising to me that it had grown so much uh, without us focusing on it and examining it and confronting it. But I think that's what we're starting to do now. Is there a problem, you think, with the word feminism? I think that... Um, it's still a dirty word for a lot of people. Even when you look in Canada at some polls, you know, less than 20% of women say that, you know, they're the type of feminist who would feel comfortable talking about it at dinner parties, who are out and, you know, proud about it. So even as much as we're starting to see this, like, pop feminism, um, you know, on tote bags and on pencil cases, it's still um, a bit of a dirty word when you talk about the politics and what that means and you really get into the nitty-gritty of it. Which which to me is always a bit of a head shaker because when you break it down, I mean, we're talking about gender equality, we're talking about pay equity, we're talking about respect uh, amongst human beings, and none of those things are bad things, and I question how anybody could be afraid of them. Right, I think, exactly, feminism, you know, it's great, and equality is great, and these are all things that we should strive for. Um, but now we're starting to see sort of legitimacy given to the idea that women have made it too far and we need to go back to tra- traditional roles and, uh, you know, women are complaining too much and these things don't exist. We're seeing, we always see a backlash against feminism as soon as women start to rise up. You know, we've seen it throughout history and we're seeing it again right now. Do you think the Me Too movement will lead to something, or is it going to be a fad, something that we've seen in response to a particular uh, horrible uh, story um, that will go away? Yeah, I think we need to remember that we have seen these sort of campaigns before. We saw, you know, hashtag uh, been raped, never reported, really rise up, and people really started talking about that, too. Um, And I think, you know, that 
challenges to keep the momentum going and not just talk about it when a powerful man, um, you know, gets shamed in front of the world. We need to talk about it and realize that it's happening um, all the time uh, on less high-profile cases and that we need to help um, fight back against, you know, all of it and not just when it makes the news. Uh, which is difficult, too, because uh, when it makes the news, that is when it's front of mind and people are, are talking about it. But we can go back in history, and, and certainly there is no shortage of powerful men who have mistreated women. Right. And, you know, I think we are starting to see um, women not wanting uh, to let go of the conversation. They want to keep pushing it. They want to keep having the discussion. And that's an excellent first And I think, you know, now where the conversation needs to turn is how do we keep the momentum going? What can we do? And, you know, talking about it is powerful. It's something that we keep silent to ourselves, you know, our experiences with sexual assault um, in our own lives. And it's something we kind of keep silent as a society, but we're breaking that now. And I think that we can be optimistic about that. And the fact, I think you're right. And even looking at uh, within my circle of friends on social media, and and again, I was surprised, I suppose, by people who were surprised, but also quite taken by the number of women who put it out there and were talking about it, and perhaps women who have never done that before. Yeah, like I kept silent about my own experiences for 15 years. Mm. <laughs> so I I know how hard it is to come out and say me too. And that even in itself can be freeing and can help you in your own life. All right. Well, Lorraine, I thank you so much for joining us. The book is called uh, F-Bomb, and it's out now. It came out just in the last month, as you mentioned. Thank you so much for joining us for your perspective on this. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. That is Lorraine McKeon. She's an author uh, talking again about uh, the book and about uh, the movement of uh, Me Too. If you want to join the conversation, you can send me an email, jbennett at cknw.com, or you can call the buzz line, 604-331-BUZZ. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.